All right, guys, I think we are live. Yes, it says three minutes or three seconds in. We are live with our new episode of Count the Bucket. Nick, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, did you notice anything different besides you on your screen right there on on the color cast? Yes, to the bottom or no, to the um, literally to the right of me, there is a new logo amongst us. You'll see yes, the blue sir. and you'll see the uh, I, I don't know if that's actually black or gray, but. It's super I think dope. We went with black. I wanted a gray, but we went with black. I think. Yeah, black. Uh, super dope. Obviously, the CTB stands for Count the Bucket. We've got another logo as well. I'm trying to get it to where it can be our background. Couldn't get it to work today, so I'm excited about that. And I know Nick is too. We spent probably hours trying to design the new logo. So, if you don't care, guys that are watching us and listening to us go to twitter and go to count bucket usn and follow us on twitter also we're so thankful for unwrapped sports network that give us the platform where we are able to do this and as you can see if you're not on color cast we've got a couple of hosts today with us brandon you're already on the color cast in the hot seat and ethan's on here too guys as we get going we're going to ask if you guys can hear ethan on the color cast where we can only have three people but we'll see if we can get it going through here on there so i've mentioned your names but go ahead and let's Introducers, guys, selves as we go around the horn. Nick, I'll go ahead and ask you to go first. You're my co-host, so go ahead. For the regular listeners, you guys know me, but for the new viewers, my name is Nick Andre, who is currently live from quarantine, um, basketball writer, analyst. Yes. I'm in, in some protocols right now, but, you know, shouldn't be too long till I get out. But basketball writer, analyst, covering everything from high school to the pros. Follow me on Twitter at NickAndreATR and check out the link tree, which Michael found. I, I think I think you have one, Michael. I was yes, thinking. sir. Yes, sir. All right, there we go. We'll go ahead, Ethan. We'll just circle around there. All right. My Twitter, as it says on the screen, at Ethan underscore Carboni. I don't tweet as much from my account. I'm going to start tweeting more about college basketball just from my account. But I write about college basketball. That's probably my biggest passion it's probably overtaken football at this point which is surprising to me but huge illinois fan huge college basketball fan and i also write probably not as much as nick but i'm trying to get there sounds good and brandon who already dropped an episode of his own on color cast let's hear from you now yeah what's up guys i've been on count the bucket before a couple times always a blast Happy to be black. Happy to be back. Thank you guys for having me. Um, yeah, you guys. My Instagram is at Brandon My Twitter, same thing, just no dot Brandon Vicuña. I got to do my first show on Colorcast today. Had a blast. Talked uh, just kind of introductory who I am, my favorite teams, uh, my divisional preview. Which so far, I'm zero and one. I did pick the Titans. I did pick the Packers, who are up seven. I did pick the Niners to cover those. That's not looking great. But, yeah, happy to be back, and let's talk some hoops. And, of course, I am Michael. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, just about everything using uh, my hashtag handle, whatever, not hashtag, handle is MDLawson00. And if you're looking for us on the ColorCast, you can actually now, they've updated recently where you can search for usernames. You can actually just type in the USN for Unwrapped Sports Network and find everyone that's a part of the organization. You can find us all. So go there and follow everyone as CJ's already locked their stream going on here. Thank you so much on our Facebook page. But I will say this real quick before we get started. Everyone that watched the stream, please go to ColorCast as well and, and download the app and follow us on here. It helps a little bit more for our piggy bank. 
Also, if you don't do that, go to YouTube and follow Unwrap Sports Network, where every show that we have is going to be funneled through there. So if you don't catch the live or you don't even know what all Unwrap Sports Network is all about, you can go through the, the page and see what all we have. You'll see me on Backstop Banter Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and then also Saturdays at 10.30 p.m. or whenever Nick finds his computer uh, on Saturdays for Count the Bucket. So we do appreciate it, and like uh, Nick said earlier, I do have a link tree in my bios for everything, so you can go see everything on that. And it's what I like on ColorCast, you can actually – Go to my profile and see my uh, Venmo, uh, what else is a cash app and all that stuff where you can actually give me another little pay. Like, hey, here's you a tip. You're doing wonderful. So we love that as well. So now let's jump into basketball. And it seems like this is a conversation that we have all the time, especially you and me, Nick. What is going on in L.A.? We've yeah, I mean, we just might as well go straight into it because it takes up half the show by the time we get all done with it. But L.A. has been struggling from day one. We know this. And really, when they acquired Westbrook, we knew this three-headed monster wasn't going to gel too well. And we thought, you know, chemistry wouldn't be right away. They'll figure out how to make it work. Vogel's already got a championship. He, he does good at coaching. So recently, and just this alone, Westbrook was benched for the fourth quarter, right? He did not play any in the fourth quarter. And uh, let's see here. Okay, Ethan followed. There we go. And so he got benched in the fourth quarter, and he ended up losing. Or not he, but the team. Lakers lost. And I think they lost three in a row this past little bit here. Vogel's on the hot seat, but they're saying that he's not really on the hot seat. Front office had to say it was okay to bench Westbrook. What is going on here? Like, is is this a dumpster fire? Is this like the Miami Dolphins of the basketball realm now? Like, what is going on in L.A.? Like, can you give me any insights, Nick? I'll let our guests go first because I've already, you know, had my takes on the Lakers over the past few okay. weeks. So I'll, I'll, let, I'll let either Ethan or Brandon go first. Okay. Well, Brandon, you're in L.A., right? That's, you live out in California at least, right? <laughs> yeah. I was. I mean, you asked what's going on in L.A., um, the Rams are in the playoffs. That's about the only thing sports-wise that's relevant to L.A. USC basketball, overrated. UCLA basketball, overrated. Lakers, dumpster fire. You disrespect my man Juzang like that? I love – listen, Donnie's a stud. Footwork, footwork, oh, is, footwork is ridiculous. Like, it's – the way he can get shot off, in crazy. But we, ESPN's over here tweeting out Westbrook shooting like his shot and it hits the top of the backboard. The backboard half court. Like it's what what did we think was gonna happen? We knew we all assumed they weren't gonna be able to coexist. They're both ball dominant players, but I mean they as in Westbrook and LeBron. Right. I don't think it's time to panic. We've seen like the past X amount of years that Westbrook's second half of the season is a lot better than his first. And they're also missing Anthony Davis. I know when Davis was on the floor healthy this year, he hasn't looked really comfortable playing at the weight he's at. And he just – he kind of just looks like he's settling and kind of selling out right now. But they're still – it's still a LeBron-led team. I don't think I'm ready to panic with them yet. I don't think they're good, but I wouldn't panic with them. What about you, Ethan? 
I'm not going to say it's time to panic, but it sure would be nice if they could get a competent point guard in a trade involving Russell Westbrook at the trade deadline. I mean... I agree with that, but the only thing is, and one thing me and Nick talk about his contract. I mean, so what he's going to make horrible. Yeah, I, and I don't know much about contracts. I just know he's getting paid a lot, and I don't know what team's going to take him to give up a a good point guard to basically just say, "Hey, we're going to tank with Westbrook now." You know, like I mean, does it go back to Thunder and you trade somebody just so he can be a Thunder? So what? Uh, I don't think that. I think not necessarily. He's a he's not a point guard. But Bradley Beal would be interesting if they could somehow if they could trade. I don't even know how that would work. This is just I'm not gonna say a dumpster fire, but like they don't got much. If you're the Lakers, you'd probably have to go trade Austin Reeves, Sekudemboya, Russell Westbrook, and as many picks as you can figure out for Beal. And you're I don't think anyone works. That's not possible. It's not gonna happen. But that's just the best option in my head right now. Right. Uh, I think that's a little extreme as far as giving up for Bill because Westbrook's a great player. Like, I mean, he's a triple-double king right now. My only thing is, as far as coming into the season, this is kind of what I thought. And, Nick, I want you to just kind of piggyback off of this and give what you thought. From day one in preseason, what I thought they'd be doing is, okay, basically, LeBron, I'm going to sit at this first game. AD, I'll sit at the second game. Westbrook, I'll sit at the third game. And they almost do a rotation all year long where they're resting and doing their um, minute or whatever they call it. I can't remember. Management of some sort. I lost a word on that. And each person will be able to take over a certain game. Like Westbrook and Anthony Davis, I think, would be fine. Anthony Davis is hurt. It's just like kind of like Brandon said. LeBron and Westbrook, two ball dominants. It's hard for them to both be on the floor at the same time. So I kind of figured that that's what would happen. It just seems like nothing has really gelled, and all of a sudden it's just everything falls to either Westbrook's fault or Vogel's fault. And I, personally, I don't think it's Vogel's fault at all because it's kind of hard to coach these guys in the format that they basically have them. You know, like you, I don't see a lineup where all three of them excels, and that's what you want to do as a coach. So I don't really think it's Vogel's fault. I mean, he just won you a championship two years ago, so it's kind of weird to have your – head coach two years ago, two years removed, whatever you want to say that, and then be saying that you're going to fire him because of this season. But it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. They didn't do what I said. Load management. Thank you, David, as he's bringing in on our Facebook comment. We do appreciate that. But I just think Westbrook's not the guy for him in L.A., but I don't think you can get rid of him. You know, I I thought he wouldn't be on the team after trade deadline by the time it comes to all-star break. But at this point, I just don't think you can get rid of him. Like they got to figure out how they're going to play him and, and make it work. Like I don't think Westbrook could be a second-string player, not saying that he deserves to be a second-string, but just to not have him on the court with LeBron. Like Those two guys can't play together at all, in my opinion. Nick, what do you think on this? I don't really think there's really a panic button to really hit because the Lakers are just really not that good, to be honest. Um, I'm, I mean – Obviously, you know, we, we've had our conversations about it, but mm-hmm. when, like everybody's just speaking about the trade deadline and everything, but the Lakers don't really have any moving pieces at all. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you see a lot of these trade scenarios about Jeremy Grant from Detroit. Um, there, there was a trade um, rumor that popped up um, sending sending Westbrook to the Rockets for John Wall. John I don't Wall. think that will happen either. 
Like the Lakers, they just don't have any moving pieces, and they're—I mean, it's unfortunate, but they're—they're they're stuck with what they got. So you know, even though we all agree that you know it doesn't work, but they—they got to figure something out, which is which is the unfortunate thing. And I did hear some news yesterday saying that the Lakers are thinking about putting um, or possibly considering putting Westbrook to the bench. But in my opinion, I don't think that really makes them better either, though. Like sending Westbrook to the second unit, to be honest. So it's just—I don't know. It's—it's it's just. It's, it's just a weird situation that Frank Vogel's in. I don't think that he should be fired just because at the end of the day, you know, it's not it's not necessarily his fault. He can't he can't go out on the court and make and make layups for Westbrook. He can't go out there and give that team any effort because at the end of the day, I mean, even 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 though the Lakers aren't that good on the court with as far as chemistry, but a lot of them don't give a lot of effort. Like DeAndre Jordan is getting cooked on defense. Dwight Howard's not what he used to be. So it's just, you know, it's just it's just a team that just doesn't have many good players as far as chemistry and then also effort. So unfortunately the Lakers are just really, unfortunately they, they're just, they're, they're just forced to really just like utilize what they got. So yeah, it's, go ahead. I won't, I can't get mad at Vogel and I'm, I don't think Vogel is that good of a coach anyways. I mean, Oh, ouch. He has the, Le, he has LeBron. It's you, when you have LeBron, your job's a lot easier. When you're in LA, like we have the bright lights, the Lakers, there's no doubt are the number one team in LA when it comes to basketball, but it's like, you can't give Vogel all the blame when your team's not healthy. We haven't seen them with Kendrick Nunn. We haven't seen them with full with Anthony Davis. I mean, yeah, the team doesn't have chemistry, but it's injuries do play a part. And I know it sucks. But like I, you can't give him all the blame just for injuries. He's not a doctor. You can't just medically heal these guys in a, in three days and get them all back on the court and ready to play. It's LeBron's carrying a bigger workload. He's having a great season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like thank you. They're they're a great two K team. Like Nick said, they're just not that good. But we haven't seen them fully healthy. I mean, that's actually really good points, and that's. I want to say that's why I would say it's not Vogel's fault, but I didn't even think of it on that part as far as they're not being completely healthy. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think I really like what Nick said. It's almost like you can't hit, <clears throat> excuse me, panic on this team because, I mean, you can't really make them any better because I don't see how you can do that. So I, I like that point too. But we'll go ahead and kind of continue on. Uh, we may end up being, whoops, that's not the button I want to hit. Trying to not to make this show extremely long trying to do something here i should have done this earlier but i just found it i'm trying to share my screen as they say do 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 <laughs> let me just get this out the way yes go ahead smoked a layup yesterday for the game it's okay we're still one or two in the east let's just move past that and let's just get that out of the way because it sucked it hurt my feelings you should have made the layup but it is what it is go heat Go Heat. I agree with you. Wait, who? I love the Heat. Who blew a layup? Jimmy. Oh. Butler. Nobody even noticed. Yeah, it's okay. So as I got pulled up on the screen here, sorry for you guys that are going to be watching the podcast on this later or uh, listening to us. I guess you're not watching podcasts. Listen on podcasts or listening to us on the Colorcast. But what I'm going to be playing in the background here, I don't think it'll be any music going on or volume going on, is the hard foul that happened with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, You know, Caruso, they just said today, 
does have a fracture, I think, in the wrist, and he will be out for six to eight weeks, I do believe it said. So I want to know what you – I want to know two parts. First, what do you all think of the foul? And then we'll dive more into what's what do we expect for the Bulls, too, because there's they're having some injuries right now. So, Brandon, we'll just jump to you real quick. What do you think of this foul here? I didn't think it was as bad as a lot of people did. I did think it was a hard foul. It's, I think the fall the fall makes it a lot worse. I think if Caruso lands on his like feet and there isn't any structural damage, we're not really talking about it. It's just one of those scary plays that freak accident, and we know Grace Allen has a history of kind of being an asshole, going back to college, sticking his leg out. And it's a bad look, especially for him. But if it's – I don't think there there was any malice intent, and I don't think it was a dirty play. I just think injury, uh, freak fall. Okay. See, All I, right. would, I would disagree with Ethan, you. Ethan, you're totally different, ain't you? Yes, thank you. Yeah. It also doesn't He's help from Illinois, of course he knows. All right. Well, here's the thing. After the play, <laughs> if you go if you go to the bench and smile at the guy without like offering to help or anything, it kind of looks I'm not gonna say intentional, but it definitely wasn't a basketball play. Or if it was, it was a more so aggressive, like I saw in the chat earlier, someone said like an eighties, nineties play. That's yeah. still, that one that might have not been a flagrant two in the nineties, but that definitely would have caused something. My thing on it is I'm okay because what I was always taught: if you're going to foul a player, do not let them score. So right. I'm okay with that. The problem that I do have, and I had to close it out because it was lagging up a little bit, is once that he hits him with his left hand, he comes back around with that right hand to try to grab another arm to make sure he doesn't score. That's what I think is probably the more excessive part of it and what I don't like. If it had been any other player, I'm probably okay with it. Hey, it was just a hard foul. He went all out. But since Grayson does have a history of this, back in college tripping a player and saying he didn't mean to do it, and then like the very next game he tripped another player on purpose, this guy's got issues. Like he Even in Duke, didn't they send him to anger management for a few games or for a few days at least? So this guy's got a history of – being dirty, so I mean, I think he almost deserves an assist, a, some type of suspension or a fine on this. I don't know if they said anything yet or not, but <clears throat> if a man doesn't have a history of doing anything, then you can't really think that it's too dirty. But since he has a pass of doing dirty plays, I don't think he, he should go unpunished on this because I'm trying to think who it was. I watched a video on it, and they actually said the guy could have – ruin Caruso's career if he would have broke his hand a little more differently or something like that or hurt some way other than the way he did. So my thing is foul, don't let him score. But at the same time, you don't need to be taking him out where it could injure a career. So that's how I feel this year. Michael Lawson coached um, – I coached this guy years ago and taught me to uh, – that if you're going to foul, make sure that you don't score, but never hurt him. See, man of my own words even years after saying that, so – I was a great coach too, guys, just so you all know. Let's see here. Yes, so the trip was against Kentucky, if I remember. I don't think they he tripped anyone in Kentucky. It's just we can't stand Duke. When Duke plays, we think it's automatically against us, so it doesn't matter. Nick, what's your opinion on, on the foul? 
I definitely don't think that it was intentional, but when you well, like, I mean, I'm basically I'm basically reiterating what y'all said. Like when you look at the inj- or when you look at the history of Grady mm-hmm. Allen having these type of plays, it does look bad from his perspective. So, considering that Crusoe has to be out for about six to eight weeks, I do mm-hmm. believe that he should have a suspension, even if he didn't intend to do that. But considering that it did happen, because at the end of the day, you know the NBA's uh, the NBA just has to protect the um, protect the players at full cost. So, you know, uh, so for Caruso to be um, to have to have surgery and have to miss time, I think it's definitely a bad look. And uh, a lot of people may have forgotten or may may not even know, but I think this was like a few games ago when the Bucks played Memphis and John Morant was going to the basket and Grayson Allen also on clothesline him as well. So, yep. you know, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of like what y'all said. I mean, honestly. Grace Allen just has a history of this. It's, I mean, it sucks for him because he's all, he's honestly had a pretty good year for Milwaukee this year, really really starting to find himself after his first two years in the NBA. So I just hope that this doesn't continue on for him because, like, besides besides the um, the hard fouling and everything, he's he's actually a really good player. So I just hope that he can figure out a way to just kind of overcome this. What is this it? is probably the most – I said, no, he's not. He played for Duke. He's not good. Like he's probably the oh most hated player in the NBA, I, I, and he's it's a little spark that he does. I, I just I can't stand him. Like when he does something wrong, that little smirk, like yeah, I didn't really mean it. I mean, even like Ethan said, he smiled at the guy on the bench. I mean, the dude's uh, he, Grayson. I don't know you, and I apologize, but I I do think you're a brick. Just gonna go ahead and say that. <laughs> but Ethan, so, if. If he's not, come on the show, Grayson, and we'll talk about it and get to know each other, and you know, maybe buy me a house or something because you got the money. I'll watch that. That's going to be a ring fight. I'm going to be in the middle, just you know, trying to stop oh, the bleeding. Be, yeah, I'll, I'll just be chilling, kind of. So, I'm going to ask you this, Ethan. It was a basketball play. Old dude got hurt, fractured wrist, six to eight weeks, has to have surgery. I don't think they've said anything on suspensions or anything yet. Then I think of uh, the Joker who threw his shoulder into the back, more suspended one game. Do you think he should be suspended one game or more? Because at least Jokic wasn't an actual play, you know, when he did his and he got suspended one game. But I do feel like Grayson, to me, and I'm going to go to you since you actually think it was excessive or on purpose as well, what do you think a suspension should be? Realistically, it's probably going to be one to one game to five games. I'm seeing some stuff online. As long as Caruso's out, it should be him. Obviously, that won't happen. Oh, yeah, that's that's, not, that's right. never been a rule. But I'm probably going to go with two or three games. And okay. Personally, I think my idea of a unique fine should be if it's a basketball, if it's like more excessive instead of the team having to pay for the guy's medical bills that should come out of Grayson Allen's pocket along with the suspension. I mean, that would be interesting. It'll be like pocket change to him, but like still just make him right. know he, he screwed up. I mean, I kind of like that, I guess. Uh, Brandon or Nick, do y'all want to give a prediction on suspension if there's going to be one? I know y'all didn't really think it was excessive or anything, but I'll give you a chance to at least say – I'll say I'll, I'll say two games. Okay. Just because Caruso does have to miss time, at least two right. games. Brandon, hey Brandon, Brandon, make I, sure you request the hot seat again. Uh, oh. I don't think 
Uh, any games, I think, are fine. But... Actually, we can still hear him on here. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, I don't think any games, I think, more of a fine. Um, we see flagrant fouls all the time. Hmm. I don't think it's – I don't think you can suspend him just because of how the injury was. I know – I'm sure, like, you can fine him for it. But it's just, like I said, I think it was more of a freak accident. It sucks that it happened, but yeah, I don't think any any suspension. If max one game, I think two games what it should be. I, I agree with uh, Nick on there, or, or even Ethan is saying from a one to five game leeway there. But see here now, here I want to transition. Staying with the Bulls on this, I'm trying to find their. Their schedule here, but this is not looking good. This year, 21st. So, going back to January 12th. Yeah, we'll start there. January 12th, the Bulls played Nets, and they lost lost to the Warriors, lost to Boston, uh, lost to Memphis. So, that's four-game losing streak. They beat Cleveland. They lost to the Bucks, and now they will be playing tomorrow the Magic. Do we think – that the Bulls with this injury may be falling out of the top four or five in the S the SEC about said in the East Conference. I mean, it's not just this injury. I mean, they got Zach Levine's out, Lonzo Ball is out, um, Gary Jones is Jr. is out. Six, so the Bulls weeks. have been hit. Yeah, something like that. So the Bulls, the Bulls are just basically hit with injuries, and you could tell like it's really cost them, especially going to be against tough teams like Golden State, Brooklyn. Um, and even with Milwaukee last night. And honestly, I mean, the road's just going to get even tougher. And it, and it honestly, like, it just sucks for Cruz too because Cruz had just came back into the lineup as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, they do have DeMar DeRozan. They still have uh, Nikola Vucevic. But, you know, without without a lot of their, like, main core players, the Bulls are really going to be struggling over these next few weeks. Oh, absolutely. Anyone else want to go on that? I get Orlando. Matt Ryan, you go. I don't think their schedule is that bad. Where, I mean, long term, yeah, it's going to suck. But Mm -hmm. I think when's the All Star break? The what? Uh, Probably like the 15th or something. I can't remember. Something like that. The trade deadline, I think, is the 10th. So it should be shortly after that. So Wednesday, I think their last game for the first half of the season is the 16th. Probably like a week after the deadline. Yeah, Yeah, their schedule here, I finally got it pulled up. February 16th, they play the Kings, and their next game is Thursday the 24th against the Hawks. So I'd say it's somewhere after the 16th. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think their schedule is pretty favorable. I mean, they have to go – they have games against – Philly, Phoenix, Charlotte, but uh, but other than that, it's Sacramento, oh, okay. uh, OKC, Orlando, Toronto. I just I think they stay top four. Yeah. Okay. David here says four seed is the lowest for him. Cam saying yes. I think losing Crusoe is bigger deal than people think. I think Crusoe's one of the best guards defenders in the league. He's good. I think playing with Lakers kind of hid his talent. I remember he actually was in the SEC playing for uh, 
Texas A&M, yeah. and, and he looked pretty solid, actually. But uh, just looking through here, I uh, had it pulled up. Okay, their next so many games here. They got Magic, Thunder, Raptors, Spurs, Trailblazers. Those are some g- games in there that they should be able to win, even hurt, I think. But I think Spurs, Trailblazers, and Raptors could be in the air either way on those. Uh, and then going in, that takes them to the end of January. February, they've got Magic, Raptors, Pacers, 76ers, Sun, Hornets, uh, Timberwolves, and Thunder. And that puts them up to uh, February 14th. So I kind of agree. I didn't look at their scheduling yet. So, I mean, some of the schedules that they have are a little bit of the weaker type. So I'm okay with that. I think that helps. But they are very hurt. As Nick said, three or four of their main guys are out. Right now they are in second place, only a half game back from the Nets to be in first place. But looking here, the fifth place is Cavaliers, and that's two games out. So, I mean, if they lose three or four in a row, I could see them falling really far. So I actually think they're going to fall probably six or seventh seed before uh, these guys come back. Ethan, where do you think they're falling to? I think at lowest, they're a four seed for the playoffs. I think they might float a bit between that six. But I could see them staying at two, to be honest. It really depends. I'm high on Io. I'm an Illini fan. That's going to be a given. I think that he's probably the best defensive guard on the Bulls. So I don't think the losing Crusoe, I think it's a big deal. But I feel like – We've seen Io as a second rounder come in, play big minutes on the defensive and offensive side, and convert. Okay, Nick, what about you? Well, how far time, do you sorry. think? Do they think they fall back in the rate? Like, how far back do you think they fall? Because I mean, they're injury prone right now. They're definitely going to be losing some of these other games. I think. David here saying that um, one. I don't think they'll drop that far, far. Probably third or fourth, to be honest when you think about it, because um, Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn's without KD for a little while, too. So they still have James Harden, and then they have a part-time Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, Milwaukee seems to be getting back healthy, even though they're still missing guys like Brooke Lopez. But they still have guys like Giannis, Chris Middleton, and um, Drew Holiday, still that big three there. Uh, Miami's on the rise. Philly's on the rise. Joel Embiid, in my opinion, is emerging as an MVP candidate. So, mm-hmm. with that being said, I feel like the Bulls, they might fall to at least three or four. My, okay. Honestly, I, I, I don't know. For some reason, for some reason, I just can't see them dropping further. I think that they'll actually drop probably five or six, if not even seven, until the, the guys come back healthy. That's kind of where I was looking at. Now, at the end of the year, I think they'd make their way back up to probably four or five, like you guys are saying. So, I do agree with y'all on that, but I was kind of thinking like the immediate with this uh, injured lineup, where do you think they'd fall back to? But I'm with y'all on that. Three or four, I, don't, I think might be a little bit high for this team because Philly's going to do something, we think, as far as trades to get rid of Ben and do something there. And I think that will improve them having a player actually be on the team and play. Uh, Heat, I think, even beginning of the season, I said was my number one team. And the Bucks are coming around now. Uh, so I don't see them above four. Okay, uh, let's see here. Want to transition something else? Nick, what do you want to go to next? I honestly have no idea. Um, I don't know if this is on y'all's um, topic list, but let's talk about Joel Embiid and how he's been emerging as a um, 
MVP candidate. Because obviously everybody knows the circumstance. No Ben Simmons there. Um, they still, for some reason, Daryl Morey fails to make a trade. They could have had De'Aaron Fox by now, but Daryl Morey, for some reason, says no. What an idiot. Pardon me. But <laughs> Joel Embiid, even despite all of the negativity negativity that's going, that's going on in Philly, he's been playing at a high level. Mm-hmm. And honestly, he's been doing this for a while now. So I think I think I think he deserves a lot of love, and he's definitely creeping up in the MVP race. Do you want to go ahead as we talk about him? Give your top five in any order that you want to for your MVP. Yeah, so I'm gonna still say um, say Steph number one, just because you know that's my guy, and I feel like he's been the most consistent guy this year. Number two. Hmm. I'll say Cam I'll say Jokic. I'll say Jokic at number two. Okay. Three. Three, I'll go Giannis. Four, I'll go Embiid. And five, I'll go John Moran. Okay. So you got Steph. Joker, who was your third? Giannis, Embiid, and then Giannis, yeah. Ja. Okay. All right. Who wants to go next? Ethan mm. or Brandon? Uh, MVPs or? Brandon yeah, Joker? MVPs, and then we'll talk about Embiid with that as well. <laughs> we nah, kind of combine I'd, the two. I completely agree with Nick. I think the only difference is I'll flip my one and two. I think I have Jokic still one, uh, Steph at two. I don't I I think we have the same five maybe in a different order. I'd switch mm-hmm. Steph and Jokic. I think I'm gonna go ahead and put Ja at three, maybe three or four. It's what he's been like his he's been a, a killer the entire season. Embiid is Facts. he's been killing, but his last thirteen games have definitely put him in that upper echelon of the MVP conversation. But just because Jaws, he's been doing this the entire time. Mm-hmm. He's been going at people's throats in the West. No problem going up against any guards, Steph, Devin Booker, all of them. And he's been doing it at a high level this entire time. So I'll put him three and then I'll go Giannis and Embiid. Even Perry and the, Colorcast guys is saying the jaws on fire as well. Perry, if you don't care, go ahead and drop your uh, top five MVP as of right now. Brandon, can you give me a quick recap of who you said there? Because I think you switched Joker yeah, have, and, and Steph, right? Nikola Jokic at number one, Ooh, Steph, yeah. Ja, um, Giannis, and then Embiid. Okay. All right. Ethan, who you got? I go Steph, Jokic. Giannis, Demar, then Ja. Steph, no say indeed. that again one more time. Steph, Jokic, Giannis, Demar, Ja Morant. Okay. I want, yeah. I want, Joel Embiid's my honorable mention at six. Okay. I mean, that's I, fair. I, I can't put anyone in Philly in my top five for anything. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fine. 
So for me, I've got uh, Jokic at number one, just with his numbers right now, is 25.9 points, 13.9 rebounds, and seven assists per game. Uh, and then I've got Embiid at – well, I've got Giannis at two. Embiid at three, and then I actually have uh, – oh, shoot. I messed up. Let me Let me go back here and look. Okay, I've got Steph at four, and then Chris Paul at five. Back up, don't hate. Anybody going to complain about my list? So I want to ask, like, what are people's, like, definition for, like, the MVP race? Because, you know, I I don't know. It just seems like, you know, like, when one person has a good week, like, we automatically put them, like, in that top in that top um, list as far as MVPs, but just a few weeks ago, we would have never even mentioned that person. Like, in my opinion, like, if you're an MVP candidate, it means that you've had a consistent season. You've been doing this at a high level from the uh, from the first game to now and have even elevated. But it just seems like, you know, like, over the past few weeks, like, obviously, obviously it's going to change because of injuries, but it just seems like, you know, there's always an MVP favorite every other week. Like, for example, like, you know, John Morant's a lot of people's MVP favorite, like, at the top um, based off of what he's done the past few weeks, which I'm not going to take away from him. But even though even though I love John Morant so much, I just don't see him as being the front runner for MVP. I- right. Did somebody put him at number one? Or are you just saying that other people are saying, okay. Well, I'm a huge Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah other I just people. love the way he plays. But he has actually – cooled off quite a bit here recently. I think he got his first 30 points since like Christmas or something like that. So it's almost been a whole month before the guy who scores so many points and shoots so many threes and makes them has had over 30 points. So that's why I've backed him off because he has cooled down some, and I do think he's been jumped some. Now, does not mean out of the top five? Maybe that might be a bit extreme, but I also think Chris Paul, his leadership and what he does, uh, I think last game he had in the fourth quarter, like 13 points or something. He's averaging over 10 assists per game, five rebounds almost and 14 points. Doesn't sound great, but as a point guard, I just feel like his role with the Suns is huge. Like you can't just go on stats with him. That's me. Now I'm also the kind of guy that doesn't really take MVP the way your riders and everything else does. Like I actually think Anthony Davis, when he was with the Pelicans, should have won MVP because he was the most valuable player on that team compared to anyone. He was off that team. They did not even make the playoffs. To me, Chris Paul is not on this team. The Suns are not nearly as good as they are now. So I'm probably a little weird on how I do some of mine, but at the same time, that's what makes the world go around. Uh, you can, honestly, okay, like, you know uh, – you could say the same thing about other guys, like without Philly. Uh, I mean, like or without Embiid, would Philly be a playoff team? Without, um, oh, without John Morant, like you know, what I'm saying even though, mm-hmm. even though, even though there was a stretch where um, Grizzlies were good without John, but would they be a top mm-hmm. four seed in the West? Probably not. Right, and that's even here with David. I mean, we didn't even say Jimmy Butler, who, I mean, that team is so deep, but at the same time, without Butler, they're not the same team. Ah, that's. The way that he'd have been playing without Jimmy, though, it's it's scary. They don't they don't miss a beat. Like when Bam was gone, Jimmy was gone, they were still hooping. Like they really were turned into like one of the best wing defenders in the NBA. And that's even uh, speaking of Jaw, when Memphis killed, I want to say it was the Thunder by like seventy three points. 
Jaw didn't even play that game. So, I mean, some of these MVPs, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be deserving on there, but these teams are playing just as good without some of them. Now, with load management, they have to be used to that. But I honestly don't think Philly would even be relevant without Embiid. That's why I think I said he was at four on my list. Uh, I just had Chris Paul, or not Chris Paul, Stephen Curry down just because he has been in a slump for about a month. Now, again, I totally agree with you. The list changes from day to day, week to week. But at the same time, if they are in slumps, they kind of have to go down. Do you all think that Joker is going to win it back-to-back years? I think right now you almost have to say he's going to be the one that wins it. But I know the NBA don't like to give that MVP trophy to to the same people a few times. Anyone else? I mean, if we're going right, like if the MVP award was handed out today, then yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Embiid, um, like, you know, I kind of want to go with what Nick was wanting to say. Embiid has been a monster here lately, and I think where he's missed a few games that he will be in the top. I actually think he'll be number two by the end of the year. But – uh I just have him at four at the moment, but I do think he'll work his way back up, especially whenever they do get someone to run the point guard for them, which I love Maxie, obviously, a Kentucky fan. But I think Embiid will have a chance to be the number one, but I think he'll finish two this year when the season ends. Do you all want to go ahead and go into our top five NBA teams uh, as far as the whole league? Who are your top five teams right now? Uh, We can. One of y'all can go first. Ooh. Brandon, you want to go first? Yeah. Now, when I'm doing mine, I'm saying as far as like hot team right now. Uh, okay. May not have the best record, but who I think right now at this day and time has are the best teams showing right now. That's okay. how I'm doing mine. Uh, I mean, I think it's – I'll go ahead and start what Phoenix is doing. They're probably – my number one, still number one. I've been hot all season. I mean, they don't even have double-digit losses yet. Like you said, Chris Paul has been an amazing leader for them all season. Uh, just kind of picking up where he left off last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Memphis, def- probably two. Um, I'll go – I mean – I'll go and be biased. I'll put Miami top three. We've, there you go. That's my boy. We, have, we, have, we haven't missed miss a beat. No Jimmy, no Bam. We finally get both of them back. We slipped up yesterday. But other than that, we'd won, I think, nine of the last ten at home. Just we're, like we're a hot team right now. Um, so that's three, right? Yeah. And then I'll go Milwaukee and then to close out Philly. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I think Nick is so mad about this whole show right now. He is so mad about all of our choices right here. Well, Ethan, who you it. got in your top? Okay, Ethan, who you got in your five? And then we'll go to Nick. The Suns at one, obviously. they. I think you remember, Michael. I mean, you had a conversation where it was me and Nick. I didn't think the Suns were going to even be a top three seed. That was my hot take. I thought that they mm-hmm. were going to completely plummet from last year and fall off. Mm-hmm. They've proved they have proven right. Yes, they have. Or at least so far, they have anything can happen. But and then number two, if we're going just hot right now, 
I feel like you gotta go Grizzlies. Bought uh, three Mad Mavericks. And then... I'm gonna go... I'm gonna put the Heat at four. And I'll put the Cavs at five. Just for okay. top five that are at the top of my list as of the past week or so. Okay. All right, Nick, who you got? <clears throat> So number one, I'll I'll agree with everyone. I'll I'll go Phoenix just because they have been one of the best teams in the NBA. Chris Paul doing his thing, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, who was having an underrated season. They have been able to keep themselves afloat, even with the midst of like teams like Golden State, you know, who's got a lot of or who had a lot of momentum, and others. You know, Phoenix has definitely been uh, one of those teams that's been consistent all year. So you definitely got to give credit to them. Uh, number two, I'll go Miami. I'll definitely um, go with Miami. Um, obviously, the injuries, Jimmy Butler, um, Bam Adebayo just came back, and the fact that they've been able to keep themselves afloat throughout this year um, is definitely definitely remarkable. For some reason, a lot of people aren't talking a lot about Miami, which is crazy to me. Maybe it's just because, you know, after what happened last year or so, people don't really believe in them. But, the, uh, but I mean, coming to, even coming into this year, I said that Miami was going to have a – uh, at least a, le- a legitimate chance of going to the conference finals. And they're definitely looking like that. Number three, I'm going to say Dallas. Hero. Number three, I'm going to oh, say the Mavs. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Dallas. Dallas. Dallas has had a pretty good past few weeks, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're definitely not one of my top contenders, but if we're talking about over the past few weeks, I'll say Dallas is definitely in that conversation. Um, number four, definitely the Grizzlies. They're just continuing to ascend as um, as a young as a young unit led by John Morant, um, Jaron Jackson Jr. But they also got great supporting cast. Desmond Bain, in my opinion, can be a, um, a most improved candidate. Guys like yeah. Zaire Williams who have stepped up tremendously. Um, obviously, the acquisition of Stephen Adams last year in the trade for Valanciunas has turned out to, uh, to work well for them. So Memphis overall just has a really great team. I'm definitely happy with what they got. And now number five, I'll go right with can, okay. can Bain be MV or uh, not MVP, but most improved player because he's a rookie? He's not a rookie. He's not? Was last year's no, he's first not. year? I think he's in like his second, third year, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Okay. I just got a rookie card this year, and I was thinking it was this year's, but it was probably last year's set, and I didn't pay attention to it. Okay. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Desmond Bain has been in the league for a minute now, but he uh, honestly, I mean, besides that, he could definitely be the most improved player if he continues. Because I mean, he he's upped his average. I think he was averaging right. seven last year. Now he's averaging around seventeen this year. So okay. Desmond Bain is definitely like doing his, is doing it. Oh yeah, Bain is great. And then number five, I will go with I'll go with the Bucks. I'll go with the Bucks. Uh, they're finally starting to hit their stride for me. Uh, to me. Now that they're all healthy, even though, like I said earlier, they're still missing Brooke Lopez. But once he gets back and he gets to flow in the lineup, that'll that that'll definitely make the um make a dig make a big difference in the middle. So it's a yeah, I'll definitely go with the Bucks number five. Okay, I but I just found the card. Bain, add, go ahead. Uh, the whole Memphis because Nick didn't mention one guy on Memphis that I was really waiting for. Um, I'll give you a hint. He went to Oregon. His name is Dylan Brooks, who is averaging. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's been out. He has been out, but like, you know, I just, if I can. Brandon shout just want to say something about an Oregon duck. Let's yeah, just be like, honest, okay? If I can. Oregon well, is mostly irrelevant in the NBA nowadays. The Celtics suck, but like, who cares? Bulbul's on the Celtics now with Peyton Pritchard. It's awesome. 
Okay, so my top five. After hearing you guys, I may change it up a little bit, but I do have the Suns number one, hands down. I think unanimously we are all agree on that. At number two, I actually, as far as having a hot team right now, I, I have Grizzlies at number two. At number three, I wanted to go with, and I'm going to stick with it because I love them, is my Heat. Miami has just been awesome. And what I'm actually worried about when they actually get full healthy here, that some of these other players that have been hot will just kind of fizzle back out on the bench. So I hope they can keep it going. I want to put them higher, but I'm trying not to be a homer on that, so I'll put them at three. At four, I wanted to say Warriors, and I'm going to stick with it. I'm not changing. I'm going to say my fourth team is the Warriors, even though they've Steph has slumped a little bit. They're still the Warriors. They've only got 13 lost. They're, they're a great team. And fifth, I want to go with the Bucks. I want to say the Nets because they're number one right now, but the Bucks have been playing. They're on a three-game win streak right now. They really seem like they actually are starting to gel back to what they were last year. And that's just what I want to say as my top five as of right now. Everyone okay with everyone's top five? Anyone say something dumb? Because if so, that's what makes the show happy. Y'all are I'm fine today. with everybody else. Good, good. Well, I think that's really all the topics that we had. Did I miss anything that we talked about possibly discussing? Um, if y'all want to possibly get into uh, a little bit of Clay. Let's go. Because I actually want to ask you about how Clay's doing. I haven't been able to watch too many games. Well, though, I mean – I mentioned it last week when I was by myself is that with Clay, it's a um, it's not a racism marathon. So obviously, you know, watching Clay, sometimes he does kind of want to force things like even like, like for example, even the first game against uh, the Cavs when, you know, literally the first possession, he drives to the basket like and, it, and it's like two or three guys on him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you. Like you can just tell that Clay's just like filled with like so much joy of being back there on the court, especially oh, after being gone for two years. But you can also like see the other side where the Warriors are really trying to protect him and really trying to keep him um avoiding uh, avoiding another uh, bad injury. So with Clay, you know, obviously, you know, he's getting a lot of shots up, which is great. But the only good thing that's not about like the only bad thing that I will say about it is that the rest of the guys haven't been able to contribute at the level that they were before, like you know, Andrew Wiggins. And now, obviously, Jordan Poole, who who was starting, who was starting uh, for the majority of the season, now he has to go to the six man role. And the fact that he's not getting a lot of minutes alongside Steph, now he's not really getting the um, the best looks that he has been in the past. So, I think this whole situation with Clay is that you know, obviously, with Clay coming back, we obviously um, I, like obviously a lot of people will elevate the Warriors' chances of winning a championship, but. It has been a slow process that that's still going. Hopefully they'll hopefully they'll figure things out by March, April. Okay, I, I do want to address one thing that hurts my feelings, Christian. I hope you're in here. I missed it on the Colorcast. He uh, back said that Westbrook is the Dak of the NBA, and that just kills my soul because I'm a Cowboys fan. And Christian, I hate that you said that, but I still respect you. Yeah. Dak is awesome, and he's going to lead us to the promised land next year. So. Yeah. Just want to at least say the comment was there, and I missed it, and I do apologize for that. Uh, do you think, Nick, kind of coming back to you, that Clay's coming back is going to hurt them more because they're not getting uh, Pools production now? Because you're saying where he's going to the six man, which they work that lineup great. 
But, I mean, Poole actually played great the first half of this season. Obviously, he's hurting the crowd. Trade but... option? Uh, no, definitely, definitely no trade. I, I, I would be so upset if we made any trades. To be honest, I, I feel, I feel like we have a really good um, squad with us. But I don't. I mean, ob- obviously things are bad now because now everybody's um, having to adjust with Clay being back, which is, I mean, which was expected. That was that, like honestly, that was one of the things that I was afraid of. Once Clay comes back, was because was you know how okay how how is Jordan Poole going to play? How is Steph going to play? How is uh, Wiggins going to play? How are these you know, I like. How are all these, you know, great scores going to be able to adjust um, playing alongside Clay? Mm-hmm. So now, obviously, we have Clay, and Clay and Clay is one of the focal points now. You know, being able to get up at least 17, 18, 20 shots a game. Now that takes away a lot of the offense from guys like Wiggins and Jordan Poole. But I feel like you know, within the next month or so, we'll be able to figure things out. You know, obviously, Golden State we have such an um, an unselfish system where ball movement is is a is essential. So I feel like you know once 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 everybody finds the rhythm, once Clay finds his rhythm, once everybody figures out figures out you know what what sacrifices to make, well, it'll be good. What about you, Brandon? What do you think of Golden State right now with Clay? Because I know you probably do hear some stuff out there in Cali. Yeah, um, just to think like if there's any to think like adding Clay makes the team worse. I think it's just like insane, like. We all know, like we knew, they were going to go through the growing pains of finding that chemistry, but those are those were losses that you expected to endure when you get a superstar like Clay Thompson back. Everyone, I'm sure, Poole and <coughs> Wiggins knew their roles were going to be cut back a little bit, and I think that's what we've seen the Warriors do the past couple of years is they don't have egos on that team. They know who their one and two guys are, and mm-hmm. the rest kind of fill in the blank here, and everyone buys in, and that's what's made them such a good organization over the past couple of years. Okay, Ethan? And Clay's been playing – I'm not going to say better than I thought, but I didn't, like you said, I forget who said it, uh, when he drove in to, like, the two or three guys in the paint the first game back, Clay wants to play. He's mm-hmm. playing, and and like you said, Ren, Warriors play unselfish. I kind of want to see how far this will go, because Wiggins, once this contract runs up the way he's been playing, He's not gonna. He there's no reason for him to resign with Golden State. Jordan Poole could get valuable twenty plus million dollar contract elsewhere. I think Clay returning is gonna be good overall for this season, but in the long term, we're gonna be seeing these guys get dealt big contracts, and they aren't gonna stay with the Warriors, and they're just gonna have to keep rebuilding the support system for Curry, Clay, Draymond. Okay. I think we could dive really big because is Wiseman even back yet? He still isn't even with the team yet, is he? So, I mean, this team is only. When he comes back, honestly, I don't think so. Okay. So, I mean, this team is still going to get better. Uh, It's, it's, I'm going to say this, it's going to be the Heat of the West because the Heat's bench that they've showed so much has been mirac- miraculous. It's been wonderful. I'm not going to try that. Did you ever so, put the Warriors to the Heat? 
Do what? They just compare the Warriors to the Heat. How disrespectful <laughs> yes, is that? Yes, I'm just saying as far as the bench that they're going to have when Wiseman does come back now that they got Clay back and just everyone that they have. I mean, they're pretty much – they're probably, what, about eight, nine, ten deep, really? Oh, yeah, the Warriors are super – I have confidence with whatever five Spo puts on the floor at any given time. Like, I don't – I have faith. Speaking of that, I mean, speaking absolutely. of like the Heat being deep, this guy Kyle Guy is like a Tyler Hero 2.0. You think about it, Jack, we got Jack Harlow on the court, and he's just pooping, bro. He's in crunch really? time. Jeez, it's crazy. That's and you know, you always hear that they say Miami is—it's a culture down there. I mean, it has to be the way that they're playing because it doesn't matter who they put out there; they're basically gold all of a sudden. Duncan Robinson couldn't throw a rock in the ocean. We said, all right, Max Struess, your turn. Let's go. What do you think about this, Brandon? I feel like Spo should start Omar over Deadman. I feel like Deadman's a little slow on his feet. Uh, he No, he is. Retire my guy, Udonis Haslam. Udonis is robbing the heat right now. <laughs> He's 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 our like he's our leader of moral support like that's he's he's coach UD at this point he's just OG like that's, he's that's OG like, like that's just his job title it's OG. I found I found it so funny how last year like right as right as the Heat were getting swept by the Bucks and like they showed that video of um, Udonis on the side like just like throwing a chair and stuff to the ground I'm like dude that should have told everyone all they needed to know about how this team was about to come back next year. The dude is, what, 40, 41 year old, I think? 43, maybe? Yeah, like 41, 42, something like that. So the fact that he can still even be on a team amazes me. Obviously, he's not played probably in like the past 10 games, in an actual game. There's only one team that will keep him on their roster, and that's Miami. There's no other team that will be like, all right, cool, we're going to sign you to a 10-day or whatever. (laughs) But – I just feel like it's the culture. Like they have him on there because he's going to be the guy that goes to every game or every practice, busts his tail off, may not be able to do the best, but at the end of the day, everyone's going to respect him because he's doing it. And when he speaks, it's almost like a coach is speaking and he's being a big brother to him, I think. Like that's what I've heard his off season workouts, like he's going harder than like any superstar. Like he's putting in like the most work. Really? Yeah. you know what? You need to work your magic and get him on the show. Like we need him on here so we could talk to him. Make just make it happen, okay? Oh yeah, I'll reach out. Do you think he wears a uniform? <laughs> I mean, yes. Just because you never know when he needs to go in and foul someone. I think last year he played a game. He had, I want to say, he played three minutes and had four fouls in three minutes. Like, yeah, he got a flagrant too. Exactly that yeah. one game last year against Philly. I think I think yeah. he was going at it with Dwight. I think yeah. so. So I mean, and he, like he hit a three, or he hit like a three, he hit like a mid range, and a layup, and he got like a flagrant two, and he's like, all right, I'm out. Yeah, he's like, okay, I've I've ran up the court a couple of times. I'm t- tired. I'm gonna have to foul someone hard and get thrown out of this game because apparently I'm playing minutes. But what happens when he does hang up the 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 shoes? Like, let's just go ahead and ask this. Do they just coach? Do they? That's he what I was gonna say. Do they make him coach? I think so. Like, is he almost like 
well, I don't want to disrespect him off gas, so I'm not going to say that. But, like, to me, I don't know. I don't even want to go there because I don't want it to sound like I'm, I'm being disrespectful on it because I absolutely love the guy. Like, I used to play NBA. Like, no, he's great. Oh, one with him, you know. So, I hope he plays for another 10 years. I mean, why you can hang with the young guys and play, dude. Like, keep it up. Keep, keep getting those paychecks. I ain't mad at That's you. That's right. He's an overpaid assistant coach. That's for sure. Hey. Millions. It's not guys, overpaid if they do the job good. That's, that's true. That's true. Guys, we're over an hour. Uh, it's 11.45 my time. I don't know if you guys want to talk about anything else. I don't care one bit to stand on here and just chat with you guys. Brandon, thank you for moving your camera where that creepy Joker mask isn't in the background. I uh, know. That, that was the first thing I did. <laughs> thank you. Anything y'all want to talk about? Anything on your head? We'll just keep on going. Or if y'all want to call it, wrap it up right here, we'll go ahead and call it quits. I'm good. I'm good. I'm decent. Okay. Uh, Ethan, go ahead and give us uh, what you got. Well, let's see. We got a comment. Let me bring in David's comment real quick. Martin, Strauss, and Gabe all have stepped up off the bench big time. They really have. Uh, I think we could actually make a show just with Miami Heat and probably keep it going. So maybe next time we'll do that. Brandon, maybe or uh, yeah, Brandon, maybe that's what you need to do. Just do a Miami show. Uh, we, we got your support here. Well, we have that. We have that one guy on the show. What was his name? Um, uh, oh, that covers the Heat. How do we forget? Uh, I want to say it's Mark, but. I'm not 100% sure on this last name. Give me a second. <laughs> yeah, the Wikipedia. He actually, yeah, <laughs> he's an announcer for uh, Bally Sports down there for Miami. Oh, Manso? Manso, yeah, yes. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Did, did you know we had Manso on the show with us? I did not. He was actually pretty cool. Uh, Will, that's it. Manso, yeah. I was combining, I guess, there. Was it Corey Watts? <laughs> That's funny. No, Corey, I don't think would uh, talk too much on the show. But, uh, yeah, Manso actually was really cool. He was actually in his studio. He had his tie halfway oh. down, collar unbuttoned. Like, he was relaxing. And I, like, we're about to go live, so I got to kind of finish up and go on the show. So, it was really neat having him on there, man. Huh. I, I would like to reach out to him again. Maybe if we can get him on, Brandon, you come on too. Because I guess you probably know who he is a lot more than we did. And he's very, very informal for us as well. But yeah, yeah. I guess we'll go ahead and wrap this on up and call it quits. Uh, Ethan, you want to give your shout-outs real quick? Oh, yeah. Follow at Ethan underscore Carboni on Twitter as well as at ETR Madness on Twitter. That was quick. Brandon, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and follow me on Instagram, Brandon.Vicunia. On Twitter, Brandon Vicunia. Uh, thanks for having me on. Love to be back. Nick? Follow me on Twitter at Nick Andre ATR if you are a diehard basketball fan and check out the link tree. That's all I got to say. There we go. And as for myself, uh, MD Lawson 00, and that's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, that whole nine yards on there. And on ColorCast, if you guys are watching that or listening to us on there, and if you are watching us, go to ColorCast. You can type in on the search bar 
for the search engine that they have. USN, find every one of us on there. We appreciate the follows. We appreciate everyone that's on the app with us right now watching us. But also get on Twitter. Go to CountBucketUSN. Follow our Twitter pages there where Nick puts also all kinds of cool stuff. And I just kind of do the dumb stuff that you're like, what's this guy saying? But you know what? We make it cool anyways, right? Guys, we'll call this a wrap. Until next time, y'all have a good one.